3: Yeah, I'd love to know what the uh, weather is uh, in terms of in Atlanta. Like, what is it, Carver High? Like, what are they saying? I I mean, they got to be looking at Doppler and everything else. Are they saying it's going to rain all night?
4: I actually, while uh, Cam was doing the update there, pulled that up because I was curious about it as well. Uh, As of right now, checking the Doppler, Mr. G uh, here in the Sports Grid studios. I don't think, (laughs) I mean, it's 90% plus until like seven o'clock seven o'clock's in like the 50% range and then it looks like they got a window around eight o'clock tonight uh of about three hours without any precipitation so well that's when they got to uh, play they, it at eight o'clock they, what's they, the difference they, they they'll play may until midnight
3: and Mr. G I have worked yeah. with legend
4: uh they may <laughs> be waiting a little while uh, down there in Atlanta but it looks like they'll have a window as they love to say uh to play later on NLDS game two Wheeler and right okay back to the football Steelers have already changed the starting quarterback Scotty as we know Kenny Pickett's now the guy things still aren't going well so who's next on the chopping lot block you've said it yourself it's offensive coordinator Matt Canada uh, done a bad job here but Mike Tomlin says we're not making any changes right now so slow your roll Here he is
5: I'm confident but confidence means very little um, it's what's on tape um, and, and so we understand that. We understand the nature of your questioning. Um, I, that's just where I'm at with it right now. I'm not changing for the sake of changing. I'm changing if I th- feel like it produces a better desired outcome in any area. And so we're looking at those things. We're open to those things, but, but not in an effort to, to quell the masses or anything of that nature.
3: Well, here's the thing. Uh, when they lost their, you know, last, you know, but well, it's been, you know, now they're one in four. So let's just say the last two weeks uh, after the game in Buffalo, he said that, it, you know, the week before that, they, they benched Trubisky and then they announced he was going to start in Buffalo. Then they got smoked and uh, you know, he said they got spanked and everything else. And he said that changes were coming and heads would roll. And literally, he said it. He said, we're gonna do whatever it takes and everybody better be checking themselves because no one is safe. And then what he's done, frankly, is absolutely nothing. They have done nothing. And he's now saying, we're not changing for change sake. Well, how about change for the sake of change needs to be done because you suck monkey balls. I mean, they are absolutely terrible and they've done nothing to make it better. We already knew Kenny Pickett was the future. We already knew that he was gonna play football this year. He's playing now. What other changes have been made? Absolutely none. And I think it's embarrassing. And I'll tell you what, that guy Canada is the worst coach I've ever seen in my life at any level of any sport. I can't even, honestly, I cannot think of anyone worse. Tell me who's worse than him coaching. Uh, what offense have you ever seen as, as drab as theirs? And he says, yeah. it, 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 we, you know, there, if it's on tape, we can make that decision. Christ, take a look at the Buffalo game genius. Take a good look at your offense in the Buffalo game. And that's what you need to know. And let me tell you something. We want to quell the masses. There isn't a living soul, not even newborn babies in Pittsburgh that don't want that guy fired everyone, even dogs and cats, gerbils, goldfish. They've all clamored for Canada to be fired. He's the worst. I don't care about his family, his kids. I don't care about anything. No feelings. No mercy.
4: Sweep the leg. Cobra Kai. Sweep the leg. That's it, baby. We welcome in our radio affiliates uh, here on a Wednesday, Coast to Coast, Sirius XM 159, Sports Map, Sports Byline. Good to have everybody with us here today. The Steelers do return to the place the Steelers play. I sold this Sunday. those tickets today. And they got the Bucks and Tom Brady coming in. Bucs minus eight and a half at the place the Steelers play.
3: I have no faith in the Pittsburgh Steelers at all. I, you know, I wouldn't go here. Like I said on Sunday with Marenzi, I'll lay the 14 twice. I'll lay 28. They won't cover. And then I'm going to say it again. I don't want anything to do with that game. But when I go on with Marenzi on in-game live access on Sunday, I will lay 16. They will not beat anyone with their current structure. And they're not beating Tom Brady. And that offense will do nothing against that Tampa Bay defense. They'll be lucky if they score 10 points in the game. And, you know, the only thing they're going to try to survive on in that football game is their defense, which is not any good without Watt. And this guy, Watt, how about this guy? He's starting to upset me. Uh, he blows out his pack, but then when he's injured with the pack, he goes and has a knee scope. So the reason yeah, he's not playing right now is not because of his pack. It's said that he needs more time because of the knee. No one ever knew he had a bad knee and that he was going to have knee surgery. That's the reason he's not playing. Their entire season is F with a capital F. Okay. They can't get out of their own way. And, and I sold those tickets today. Faster than Grant took Richmond. I mean, to tell you, the guy gave me the full value and, and then some. I'm I mean, sure. Christ, he sent me, I'll show you. He sent me a picture of a stack of bills he was sending me. I was like, all right, I got you, bro. No problem. I'm you're going sure to Those seats are great.
4: I'm sure there's some people in the greater Pittsburgh area who are Brady fans and want to see him one last time playing Pittsburgh. This is probably I mean, be it. Not gonna get, you're not going to get Brady again uh, at the place the Steelers play after this year so uh there you go we'll come back couple other nfl things then we got to get into college football lion share this hour as well with some nfl
2: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
3: Your boy, Frank Reich, who's he trying to uh, talk down off the ledge? Your boy, Matty Ice, still standing for his boy, Matty Ice, huh?
4: Still is. Of course, they're coming off that barn burner in Denver last week. Uh, The 12-9 win on Thursday Night Football. They will return home to face the Jaguars this coming Sunday. Reich says, I'm not thinking about changing anything. I'm comfortable with Matt Ryan despite some mistakes and not a lot of points. Here he
7: is. You know my evaluation and my comfort with matt as our starting quarterback is very high um you know i understand uh i mean i know everybody does i'm probably uh, you know obviously i feel like i have a deeper understanding having played the position for a long time having coached the position for a long time understanding all the dynamics that go into having an effective quarterback play what is what's the effect of playing behind the sticks and not being, you know, having a run game that's been subpar, so on and so forth. Um, you know, so, but I, at the same time, you're always pushing and coaching somebody to get better. One of the great things about Matt is, like every great player, he's hard on himself. So, it, you know, like in his mind, hey, it, it doesn't matter that, I'm be- that we're playing behind the sticks. You know, I have to do better. And obviously the number one thing is the turnovers. Um, you know, we have to get that cleaned up. Again, some of those are on him, but they're not all on him.
3: Let's just calm down here uh, for a minute about great player. He is not a great player. I mean, let's just establish that early and often right now. This guy is one of the great chokers in NFL history. You can blame anyone you want. Uh, the coach, you can blame the staff, the front office. blame. He was up by 25 points in the Super Bowl. He'll never live it down. Ever since then, he's been running backwards. He's had happy feet, and he turns the ball over more than any quarterback in the NFL. He's not good anymore. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, He just isn't. And you know what's funny? They're playing Jacksonville, right? Now, that team, how is it that that team, Mike, explain this to me. How is it that that team, that up until the point when they were up 14-0 in Philly, prior to that and up until that point, they were the, the darling of the NFL this year, everybody's favorite sleeper, everybody's favorite division, you know, worst to first. And since that five turnovers in Philly, they looked absolutely pathetic against the Texans in Jacksonville. They look like the Jags that we all know and love. They're just awful. They lose every game. Are you going to tell me that they're going to go now and play great against the Colts in Indianapolis, or are they going to be the team that we saw can't get out of their own way? I think that's who they are in all reality. Everything else was a facade. The Colts with their high priced front line, and they're going to get Taylor back and they got this guy. He just called great. Let me tell you something. Uh, He is no better at all than Carson Wentz was in Indy. And they talked bad about that guy Wentz. The only guy that didn't talk bad about him was Reich. Ballard did, Ursay did. Yeah. Reich never said anything bad about anybody. Bottom line is, Carson Wentz did every bit the job that Ryan has done in Indianapolis. Uh,
4: it is my absolute favorite play of the entire weekend for NFL. I'm on the Colts uh, this week. Minus one and a half at home against the Jaguars. The Jaguars are not good. Okay, I know everybody wants to get fired up about it. They lost to Washington. Yes, they beat the Colts, but guess what? They always beat the Colts in Jacksonville. Do you know what happens to them every year in Indianapolis? They lose. Just because they, they beat them every year at their place, they never beat them in the Dome. And they won't beat them this Sunday. That kid has not played well. I'm sorry. I know they got the win. I don't know how they beat the Chargers. I think you're right. 10. I don't know how they won that game in, against the Chargers at SoFi. I can't figure it out. But other than that, they're the same old Jaguars. Colts beat them, I think, this week by double digits, handily. They beat the Jaguars. Uh, I'm with you. up this week. My favorite. Uh, next, let's go to Patrick Mahomes, Scotty. Of course, the Ooh. roughing the passer stuff has been the discussion this week with those two awful calls. Here's Patrick yesterday on 610 The Fan in Kansas City talking about all the roughing the passer penalties.
5: We were on yeah, I mean, there, I mean, obviously there's certain situations where they, it shouldn't be called and it gets called, but I mean, it's like anything in the league, man. I mean, it's they're Those guys are watching film and trying to do their best to call the game the best way possible and not affect it. But there's got to be like a little bit of common sense along along the lines of like with Chris Jones. I mean, he had, he stripped the ball, and so it's kind of. I know he some of his body weight landed on him, but he braced the ground and he was holding the ball in his other hand. So I mean, there's there's only so much you can do as a defensive lineman to to do, try to get off the quarterback whenever you get a clean shot on him. But I mean, there's definitely times where it should be called because when guys try to drive guys into the ground. I mean, I know people talked to me when I got slung down. I'm like that. That's not a pass. That's not a rough in the passer. I mean, that he threw me away from not onto the ground. He threw me down away from not landing on me and stuff like that. I mean, it's a. It's a hard pill to call, but, I, I mean, the, the rest will continue to learn. They'll continue to, to learn from their mistakes and uh, continue to officiate the game uh, the best way possible.
3: Well, they said that they're going to review it at the end of the year, and I think that's uh, bunk. I think they've already talked about it at the league office, and I will bet my life in the next week or two, this week, next week, the following, you're going to see less of the roughing the passer flags because they're going to let them hit them, and if you hurt them, or body slam them you will be flagged if you just hit them like that jones hit that is the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard that the body weight is full body weight on the guy every guy that plays on the line in the trenches in the nfl is almost you know 275 to three and a quarter and that's just impossible i mean let's get into physics here it's impossible for them not to land on a quarterback with you know the majority, 80 to 90% of their weight. I mean, what are they gonna cut half of it off? Go on a diet? It's so ridiculous, it's not even funny. So what I think you're gonna see is you can hit the quarterback all you want. You have got to be selective of when you destroy them. If you do it in the fourth quarter, you're gonna lose the game. But if you wanna destroy a quarterback, do it in the first half and take the flag. It doesn't matter. I stand by what I said before, this is pain day. You want to win a football game, 85 Bears. Take the quarterback's head off, game over. It's simple. It is a league of quarterbacks. The league has been built on quarterbacks, receivers, and cornerbacks. That's all there is to it, right, and pass rushers. But now the pass rushers can't do their job. My ass. Do what you got to do. Destroy the quarterback. No one wants to hear it, but it's the reality of it. You win football games by intimidating and putting down the quarterback. The only way to beat Tom Brady in Super Bowls The Giants put him down so many times in those two Super Bowls it wasn't even funny. The only way to beat him is to knock him on his ass all day long. Hit him every time he throws the ball, even after he gets rid of it, hit him. And then they flag you a few times, so effing what?
4: (laughs) As we discussed yesterday, and we will over the next couple days into the weekend, the Chiefs are getting three points at home. This is the first time in Mahomes' career He's an underdog at home at Arrowhead. He has never been a dog before this game at home in his place. So there you go.
3: Look, I won't deny that, in my view, the Bills are a better football team than the Kansas City Chiefs. The Raiders should have beat the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. You're up 17 nothing in their building. you got to win the game. That's all there is to it. And they went through them like a French hooker. I mean, I tell you, they just went through them like it was free night at the, at the brothel. Everybody's free. That's what it was. And then all of a sudden, they can't do anything and they lose the game. It's like the game was fixed. Every game in the NFL to me is fixed. It's like so crazy watching it. But the Bills are a better football team than the Chiefs. You know why? Because everybody thinks the Chiefs are so good because they have Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey. But what they don't have is a defense. They don't have a defense. That defense, could, did you see what Adams did to them? And remember their corners absolutely are hairdryer city. I mean, Stefan Diggs is gonna go off like it's his birthday. It's your birthday, it's your birthday, it's your birthday. It's your birthday. We will come it's back.
4: The lion's share on a Wednesday. NFL futures, Super Bowl divisions, yeah. MVP oh. awards We a weekly check.
6: jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio, and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
0: Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see.
1: So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This is a whole new jungle. This is The Lion's Share. Brought to you by BetMGM.
3: All right, Carver hi. Uh, let's do it. Lion Share. This is generally the uh, phase of the show where everyone ends up making bands of cash.
4: That is exactly what it is. And on Wednesdays on the Lion Share, Scotty, we always take our weekly look at all of the NFL futures at BetMGM for the Lion Share. Let's go and see what we've got as we head into week six of the NFL season. We start, of course, with the Super Bowl. There they are at the top. They play each other this week. The Bills and the Chiefs. Bills down to plus 325. Chiefs plus 550. Eagles plus 650. Then the Bucks, Ravens, and Packers right behind them. Uh, If there's anybody you'd like to know about deeper than that, Scotty, I have it in front of me to give it to you.
3: Well, I got to tell you, uh, the Bucks, Ravens, and Packers to me are off the shelf. Uh, just absolutely pathetic defense uh, in Baltimore and in in Green Bay. That is a terrible defense. That's all there is to it. Every single game they play, they're in trouble. Every game, every game they play, yeah. they're in trouble. So when you bet on the Packers now, just know this: they don't cover, and every game they got their hands full till there's a minute left. Okay, so and in the second half in London, they never scored. So, Mr., uh, you know, he does a lot of interviews. He's, got, he's very private. He's got his own, you know, TV show with McAfee and everything else. Very exclusive, very private in, in his own portal. But um, he's just not doing it anymore, is he? He's not doing it anymore. I am not buying the Buccaneers either because they can't get out of their own way. They're not that good. That's all there is to it. And everybody talks about how great their defense is. Where was their great defense when they were losing games, multiple games in a row already this year? They are not that good. The only three teams that matter right now are those top three on that board. And uh, how is Dallas not even mentioned? I mean, their defense is absolutely sickening. I got to put Dallas right in
4: there. Dallas 18-1 to 1 right now. Uh, to win the Super Bowl, as they are behind all of those teams. If I were to guess right now,
3: obviously, uh, there'd be some uh, feeling of Bills-Eagles. They're the two best teams in the
8: NFL.
4: Yeah, uh, look, uh, if that first team you mentioned is in there, uh, I will not care who is on the other side in Glendale, that's for sure, if you can get me into the big game. All right, speaking of the Cowboys and the Eagles, Scotty, we know that they play each other this Sunday night at the Link. How about the odds to win the NFC East right now as we head into that matchup. The Eagles undefeated, five and zero, minus three hundred. Cowboys plus three hundred. Who have the same record as the Giants at four and one. Giants though, twelve to one to win the NFC East at four to one. One game back.
3: I think that I'm willing to. I've already seen the Cowboys beat the Giants in East Rutherford, and I think they'll beat them With in Rush. Dallas. So I think Dallas is the buy for me at the plus three bills, because I think if they win Sunday night at the link, that'll be the end of it in terms of now, you know, now you have to believe that that defense of theirs. I mean, they give up nothing. They, they, you know, the 20 sacks in five games is unbelievable. They're doing things that they haven't done since the great teams in the seventies, you know, battled the Steelers for super bowl glory. They're that good. And, I, you know, remember when they won the Super Bowls with Jimmy, they were an offensive team, if you ask me. It was all about Aikman and, and Emmett and, right. and Irvin and all these guys, right? It was an offensive team. Uh, this is a defensive team first, and Rush has done an incredible job. I love Pollard. I love Lamb. They have enough offense to win games. They can score 20 and win a game because you're not scoring 18 points against that team. I think Philly will get punched in the mouth on Sunday night. You're going to have a great war, two great defenses going at it. It's going to be uh it's going to be old school like frankly to me it's going to be like a Lawrence Taylor type game.
4: There you go. NFC West is where I am going to take you next. The Niners with the win over Carolina. They're 3 and 2. Everybody else now 2 and 3, one game back. Niners minus 165. Heading into week six, the Rams now plus 225, Cardinals plus 750, Seahawks 25-1. to
3: Yeah, I think that is going to end up San Francisco's to lose. Uh, Get it now at this price because it's only going to get worse. When they get healthy, they've lost everyone, McKinnon, they've lost Bosa, they've had all kinds of problems with injuries, and they're still winning. They kicked the Panthers' ass. It was the easiest money I made on Sunday. Bet it now they're going to win the division.
4: Next, we will go to the AFC South. A week ago here on the Lion's Share, I showed you the Jaguars as the favorites to win that division. Times have changed in one week. They're now the third choice to win the division. The Colts with a winner, plus 160. The Titans, after starting 0-2, back to 3-2 and now. They're in first place, plus 180. And the Jags back down to plus 220. I gotta be
3: honest with you. I think the Titans are the best team. I think uh, Ryan makes too many mistakes, fumbles the ball too much, gets hit too much, gets sacked too much, uh, and they just are inconsistent. The Titans have won, what, three games in a row? They they stole that game in Washington at the goal line on the third and two with a pick. Long made the play. They're making plays. They lost Landry, and yet, He was their best pass rusher, and yet they're still winning games. And Tannehill, he had a bad game against the Bengals in the playoffs. I won't deny it, but that was the only bad game he had all season. So he had one bad game in the worst moment possible. Fair enough. Matt Ryan has a bad game every week. So I'm on the Titans.
4: Yeah, I think that's a good buy right now at plus one eighty. They've already beaten the Colts once too. They seemed, and that was in Indy. They seem to always beat the Colts. And they got Henry as it is, and I don't believe in the, I don't believe in the Jaguars whatsoever. AFC North, Ravens after beating the Bengals on Sunday Night Football, now the minus two hundred favorite for the North. Bengals plus three hundred, Browns plus five hundred, Steelers thirty three to one at one and four.
3: I got to be honest with you, for some reason, I think it's the Bengals because the Ravens have been playing, you know, 50 straight home games. So at some point, they have to go on the road. I mean, I know they play every game at home. I know that Roger and all of his friends made sure that Lamar Jackson would get the MVP and play every game in the Charm City. And that has not worked out too well, has it? Because they lose every game. Now they won against the Bengals. I would no more lay three with that football team than fly a kite. I took them on the money line to win and they won. Thank God. Because I don't trust them as far as you can spit. Their defense sucks. It's the Bengals. The Bengals are still the best team in the North.
4: Tomorrow I'm gonna have to highlight that game. We haven't discussed yet this week. The Ravens are on the road going to play that no, tough giant team at MetLife. No, nah, that Bennett game's moved. To They the it. They moved it They changed the because of the oh, hurricane. Man. All the games are there. We'll discuss Ravens-Giants tomorrow uh, on Coast to Coast and get a feel for that game on Sunday. MVP right now, five games into the season. Josh Allen now, plus 175. I will tell you, he has accounted for 100% of the Buffalo Bills touchdowns this year. He is on pace for 5,600 total yards and 55 touchdowns, according to the charts and graphs, people. Mahomes second at plus 400. Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts, both plus 550. Of course, we got to get Herbert up there, too, at 12-1. to 1.
3: I mean, you can't even argue with the top two on that list, and everybody else yeah. is just homeless.
4: I agree. Uh, everybody else is homeless. It is a two-man race right now for the MVP. Defensive. And we'll know when they
3: play Sunday who's the, who's the winner.
4: Uh, you're right. Go a little head-to-head coming up this week. Because it gets easy Defensive. after this. It gets exactly. easy
3: after this, their schedules. This, this is their this biggest is the game. Toughest,
4: this is the biggest game of the year for both of them. Defensive player of the year. We have minus money in week six on Micah Parsons. He's minus 110 to be the defensive player of the year. Nick Bosa, 7-1. Aaron Donald, 14-1. Miles Garrett, 16-1. Rashawn Gary, 20-1. to Max Crosby, 25-1. to
3: Yeah, I still... Uh, you know, I think it hurt Bosa to uh, injure his groin, so I think Parsons is in the lead. And I, I know that my guy Minka gets no respect whatsoever because the Steelers yeah. are awful, but he's been pretty incredible for them. So and he gets no mention whatsoever. Uh, they do They only play favorites. They only play favorites. If you're not winning, you're not getting
4: anything. I know. I gave you Minka a couple of weeks ago. He's back to 80 to one uh minka fitzpatrick to win the defensive player of the year so there you go with him uh coach of the year i have for you next with the eagles out to the 5-0 and start nick sirianni don't call me joe satriani plus 150 the favorite brian dable 6-1 to who'd actually quite honestly he'd be my choice right now that's just me mike mcdaniel 12-1 to kevin o'connell 12-1 to I mean Brandon Staley, they love this guy. Sixteen to one for him. You can still find Sean McDermott at twenty to one
3: uh, down on the list too, Scotty. I'm right. not going to argue with Dable, but the guy that I would say is doing the best job is Mike McCarthy.
4: You know what? I, I thought about that as well. Twenty to one as well for Mike McCarthy right now. Four and if one. If they beat the no Eagles Dak. and
3: if they win yeah. that, if they win that division and they go to the playoffs as a seeded team. Uh, he'll win Coach of the Year because he didn't have Dak Prescott for the entire first quarter of the season, basically.
4: Well, and that means if you think that they are going to beat them, that twenty to one right now, that's probably going to be ten to one or less uh, if he wins that game on Sunday night. So, that's another way. Yeah. If maybe you want to play if you think the Cowboys are going to win. All right, there yeah. you go. NFL futures on the lion share, Scotty. Brought to you by BetMGM. Future tickets, baby. We got a bunch of them. I love it. I'm going to get on At
3: McCarthy right now in the break. I'm just going to do it right now. Go. Why not just get, get it over with Matt
4: McCarthy? Get it in there.
2: Sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 seven as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com.
6: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022
3: 240 on Giselle ending up with Kelly Slater the surfing God after she divorces Tom right, can I get a plus 240 are we in that realm yet or are we still at uh plus
4: 180 uh I think it's plus 180 at this point I didn't know that there was past history uh between yeah, them they two. dated I didn't know that that was case. so what well what the hell' Kelly been doing all this time she's been with Tom what has he got going on he's just been chilling the most I mean what
3: What's his Listen, deal? He's a, he's surfers a, smell better. It's a combination yeah. of the salt water and the copper tone. You just smells better. And chicks, are, they gravitate toward it. It's just like it's magnetism. These surfer guys yeah. with all the wax on, wax off, it's all happening. So she might uh, end up with him again. That'd be great. I'll take those odds. Plus 240.
4: Uh, plus 240 for him? Sure. Uh, I'll get involved. Uh, before you talk to Bob here in a second, uh, let me quickly, let's get this out of the way. Marshall in the Rage and Cajuns tonight uh, down there. Sun Belt Wednesdays minus ten and a half for Marshall. Forty-six is the total now at this point. Rage and Cajuns getting some points down there tonight. I like it.
3: I'll tell you what. Uh, the bottom line is they're not a good football team. I hit them at plus eight and a half at home at, at Cajun Field. Whatever, getting that eight and a half against South Alabama and they covered. But on the road in Huntington, look. I know everyone and their brother sees that ten and a half and thinks that it's gold. I think they might lose that game. Remember, Marshall kicked Notre Dame's ass in South Bend. What do you think they're going to do with Louisiana tonight in Huntington? I think they can cover the number and win by thirteen, sixteen points. I really do. And a lot of traffic on the under because both of these teams have issues, uh, you know, defensively, everything else. So. Uh, And and the backup quarterback playing for the Raging Cajuns, I don't trust him either. So uh, why don't we go talk about what's going on in Knoxville this weekend with our friend Bob Kessler, the legendary voice of the balls. Uh, Neyland Stadium is absolutely going to be sideways on Saturday as the tide come calling to see the balls. Bob, it's great to see you again. I have to tell you, yesterday on the show, uh, Carver High is my witness. I said – I think the Vols can win the game outright. I have no hesitation in saying it. I think they're as good as any team in the country. What they did in Baton Rouge was humiliating for Kelly. and the. I've never seen the Bayou Bengals lose like that at Tiger Stadium in the daytime or under the lights down there ever. I have never seen them get stomped like that. And Tennessee came in and just choked them out in the first 10 minutes. The game was over. That is a hell of a football team you got on your hands,
8: Bob. Yeah, they're really playing, and they're playing with a lot of confidence. And uh Hooker is just done everything. Uh, he has been remarkable. Hadn't thrown an interception in over 100 and forces now. Never puts the ball in harm's way. Tennessee doesn't fall over. They're forcing mistakes now, and they're playing. I think uh, because of Josh Heupel, the way he approaches things. The way he's so confident he can score on anybody, that's rubbed off on this team. And they really believe they can put points up on anybody. And so far, they have. They're averaging, of course, the the best offense in the country right now, statistically. And um, they'll put 40 points on you if you don't play some defense.
3: When you saw the beginning of that game, I was watching. I was live on Sports Grid on Saturday. I do the noon to four. And they kicked that ball off. And I've always felt like under the lights is the uh, time for them to play, uh, you know, LSU football when they play down there at nighttime. Sure. I mean, you just aren't winning there. I don't care who you are, but no. when they kicked that ball off and like five minutes later, it was 14, nothing. And, you know, cause they fumbled uh, the kickoff. I just couldn't believe my eyes at how they ran it right down their throats. And I, it was this killer mentality. I was like, I was watching going, I mean, they are not messing around. They are going to drive the ball like through their heart like a stake. I couldn't even believe my eyes. You're sitting there calling the game. What were you thinking when you're watching? Were you looking at your partner going, uh oh, it is on today. We are gonna blow them out.
8: Well, you knew when they got the ball, they were gonna go for the go for the jugular at the very first play. They're gonna try and score and hand hooker. That's just the way they approach things. Scott, let me give you a stat here. Let me double check this to make sure I'm giving you the right stat. In the first quarter, since Josh Heipel has been here, they've outscored their opponents 244 to 61. So they they jump on you. They they wanna they want to go for the jugular, they want to get out in front of you. The other thing that was so subtle about that, and that nobody really has talked about or really noticed unless you were there, the wind was howling. And LSU took won the toss and took the ball so Tennessee could pick its goal. Tennessee kicked into the wind because of the fact they knew that there was going to be hard to handle kickoffs that day. And what happens? LSU fumbles the kickoff. Tennessee recovers at the 27 yard line. Next thing you know, Tennessee's in the end zone less than 30 seconds into the game. So little subtle things that Tennessee has been able to do that uh, has really paid big dividends for Tennessee. And again, I go back to Hendon Hooker. You know, you, you remember last year, Scott, that, that, that Hendon Hooker transferred in from Virginia tech. And then he went through spring practice and suddenly Tennessee says, well, let's go get Joe Milton out of Michigan and Milton beat him out in fall camp. He was not the starting quarterback going into last season and Milton's game didn't translate onto the game field. He got banged up a little bit against Pittsburgh. Hendon Hooker didn't mope, didn't say he's going into the transfer portal. He told, went to Josh Heupel and said, what do I have to do to get on the field? Heipel told him and we got his break, he never gave the job up. And then I think the team has rallied around him because of the fact the way he approached that situation last year, he is no unquestionably the leader of this football team. They rally around him, they play for him. Uh, He's inspired these guys and his his facial expression never changes. And I think that's really been a calming effect for this team and Josh Heipel on the practice field and on the game field carries that confidence that again, that we're gonna be good and we're gonna score on people and we're gonna make life tough for you. You know, I gotta tell you, Bob, so
3: I've been riding them uh, since I talked to you last and I, I have been riding them like a horse and the game that really blew my mind was when I took them
2: minus six
3: at Pitt and that game in Pittsburgh was such a fantastic football game And I can't even believe they won the game uh, and got it done on the road. No one saw it coming except you and I. I believed in them going into Pittsburgh, a tough place to play. I don't care who the quarterback is, Slovis or otherwise, whether it was Kenny Pickett. That was the win, I feel, that got the Tennessee Volunteers the confidence pouch they needed to have on their waistband the rest of the season. And then they get by Florida. Then they destroy LSU, and they have to be licking their chops at this opportunity on Saturday. I go back to the Pitt game is when they found out who they were. That was a great game, and I've never seen Heipel so excited after a football game than that day.
8: Well, you know what the reason he was so excited? The offense only scored three points in the second half. I mean, so Pittsburgh came up and made life really tough for Tennessee to run the ball and move the ball, but their defense – Tennessee's defense, which was a question mark coming into the season. How good could this defense be? Can they stop anybody? And now Pittsburgh's got all these scoring opportunities, and Tennessee's defense kept turning them back or making them kick field goals and allowed Tennessee to force the game to go to overtime, and they won the game in overtime. And I think you're right, Scott. This team took a big step forward because they found out a way to win a game in the fourth quarter. If you remember last year, Tennessee lost to Pitt in the fourth quarter. Tennessee lost to Ole Miss in the fourth quarter. They were right in that game in the fourth quarter, couldn't finish it. Same thing against Alabama. They were down by seven in Tuscaloosa going into the fourth quarter last year but couldn't finish that game. Well, now they're finishing games, and it's because they've developed depth, and, again, they don't make mistakes on offense and put their defense in a bad position, and that's a winning formula.
3: So they have, in my view, finally found a coach that can equate to Phil Fulmer, People used to bash Phil and he won him um, a title. Uh, all I mm-hmm. know is, is that he's the last guy that won there and everything else has been a disaster factory until you get Hypo. Now you got Hypo. Now here's the problem I got Bob, follow me here. So my son.
8: Don't is, tell me he's uh, going to Oklahoma. Don't start. That. I listen, don't, start don't even, that.
3: don't even, I, I had to tell you the story, Bob. So the guy, this kid, okay. this smart ass kid, he, he, he goes with his mother because I'm busy, I'm up here doing shows every day in New York City, I got no time for all these college tours. Okay, My boss is like, here's to your college tours, get on the air. And so my wife took him down, he went to Tallahassee, he went to Gainesville, he went to Athens, he went to Columbia, South Carolina, and to uh, Clemson. And I I said to him, I said, what is wrong with you? Why are you not (laughs) going to Knoxville, Tennessee with all those beautiful girls down there at Neyland Stadium, 100,000. It's like nothing you've ever experienced in your life. You've got to go apply to the University of Tennessee, and he didn't do it. This is a massive failure and a lack of discipline, Bob. It's immaturity, <laughs> and it has come through and living color, and you know that this child has made a huge, drastic mistake. What do we do to turn it around, Bob?
8: I'd take him out of the inheritance right now. I wouldn't even give him a shot at it. i just write him <laughs> off. But, uh...
3: How are they going to beat Alabama on Saturday? I need them to win the game. I don't have any time for all this other stuff. Feel good, moral victories. How do they beat them? Because they had trouble with Texas. They had trouble with A&M. And I'll tell you what, Tennessee better than both of them combined.
8: Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, this Alabama team is, one, they don't have the dynamic receivers they've had in the past. Gibbs is a guy that's come in at tailback, and he's their leading receiver as well. They're the most penalized team in the SEC. So they have not really played like a Nick Saban type team. They, they were lucky to get out of the Texas A&M game because of all the turnovers they had. So if, if in Tennessee's plus five in the turnover margin this year. So Tennessee's done a good job of taking care of the ball and forcing right. turnovers. Uh, so if Tennessee can force turnovers, if Tennessee can be a quick-strike offense. You know, Tennessee had, you know, last year. Now, we don't know if Cedric Tillman's going to play on Saturday because of the ankle. But, you know, he had catches for over 150 yards last year against this Alabama defense, their secondary, and he was running wide open. Well, it might not be Tillman out there. We'll see. We hope he can play. We don't know yet. But it might be Jalen Hyatt or Brew McCoy or one of those guys running free in the Alabama secondary. How Josh Heupel d- dials up plays, where suddenly he's got guys running wide open is really incredible. And some of the easy touchdowns they get because of play calling. And uh, they'll tell you that they're scheming not only the play they're running right now, but they're looking three or four plays ahead. They're trying to set you up for a play where they can get a guy right down the middle of the field wide open, whether it's Jalen Hyatt or a tight end or whoever. And it's been really successful and fun to watch. So um, Tennessee's going to come out with the foot on the pedal. And gonna got to, to figure out a way to cut out Tennessee's big plays. And this is not the strongest Alabama secondary that uh, we've seen. So, uh, you know, it's an Alabama team that's undefeated, but I don't know if it's as good as some of these other Alabama teams in recent years. And we'll find out on Saturday. This will be their, obviously, their biggest test of the year.
3: Yeah, you're undefeated too, Bob. And I know you can barely sleep. This is the biggest game you've called in a while. I know they're real antsy yeah. down in Knoxville. Uh, what a great scene it's going to be at Neyland Stadium, Bob. You know I love you. Good luck. Have a blast calling the game. We'll talk to you before the game in Athens. That one's going to be a pain in the ass, and so is uh, the the last trip. I think they got uh, what do they got? One more that's brutal as well. On top of that, uh, Bob, well, you got, got Kentucky. You. Uh, no, the South Carolina game is going to be brutal. That's a decent team too. I love you, Bob. Thank you.
1: <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, races, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
3: It's time for today in Carver High History. It
4: certainly is. How about 1948 will start today? The Yankees named Casey Stengel, their manager... He would only lead them to five straight World Series titles uh, starting the following year. Pretty good. 1967, Bob Gibson leads the Cardinals to the World Series title over the Red Sox. Struck out 10 and hit a homer in Game 7. Good for him. 79 Celtics guard Chris Ford scores the first three-pointer in NBA history. Larry Bird also made his debut in. In that game, 79, he's Magic right. made his debut for the Lakers. 86, Walter Payton becomes the first player to accumulate 20,000 all purpose yards. Sweetness. 1989, the Herschel Walker trade this day in 89 would change the course of Cowboy history. 91, now he's Hector Camacho. For
8: abortions.
4: <laughs> yes, Hector Camacho in 91 arrested for driving while receiving sexual activities 1992 art monk passes steve Largent to become the nfl's career reception leader james stewart of the jaguars in 97 fourth player since 63 to rush for five tutties 97 levon hernandez matches the league championship series pitching record set the day before 15 strikeouts that was the game where eric gregg's strike zone was like the size of our set uh, here at Sports Grid. That's how bad it was that day. 99, Will Chamberlain passed away. 99, Pat LaFontaine retired from the NHL. 2007, Flyers forward Jesse Buhler Ice was suspended 25 games for hitting Kessler in the face with his stick. 2009, after getting down 5 0 in the first period, the Blackhawks rally a tie, the biggest comeback in NHL history, a 6 5 overtime win with Brent Seabrook. I think we have it fast.
1: Over the line, moving in, Versteeg, stolen
4: time Chicago climbs the mountain and get to the top and seal it. That was a Also, awful-y. 2016, Austin Matthews made his debut for the Leafs, scored four times, and they still haven't won anything since. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>